It's the Sleepers Podcast, Monday, July 17th. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Carter, it's great to see you. We got a lot to talk about today, my friend. I am pretty excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm kicking back in my seat, cracking the knuckles. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Before we even get started, we have to address the fire that is that Wake Forest Deacons, Demon Deacon sweatshirt. I mean, that's just, is there is there any way to ruin script writing? I don't really, there probably is, but it's very hard to mess it up. And when done right, it's that's a great looking sweatshirt, my friend. I appreciate it. That's incredibly rare. Uh, one that you compliment me to that anybody screws up script writing. I also like your outfit today, Carter. I like your hat. The Mighty Ducks hat is very nice. Is that a snapback, by the way? It is. It is. And it's, it's one of my favorites. Shout Incredibly out to nice. You're not much of a backwards hat guy, are you? You're more of a, a front face. Uh, I, I like frontwards. Uh, my wife likes backwards hats. So it's it's a it's an internal household battle. Uh, my hat gets worn. But on this, on my episode, on my podcast, I want it forward. So it's going to be forward this morning. This is your land, your opportunity to do whatever you want with it, my friend. Hey, just quick check in from the Sleepers podcast here. Thank you to everybody for the support last week, for uh, all the watching and the views and the comments and everything. It was a really fun week. We're, I would say we're more enthusiastic about doing this daily now than we were a week ago. Is that fair to say, Carl? Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, like you said, I appreciate all the everything like comments, good or bad watches, you know, tweets, all that like we, I appreciate it more than y'all know. So feedback's been great. And it's definitely got me uh got, got me a little pep to my step this week. I'm not gonna lie to you. Big sentimental over here. Uh, Yeah, we I think adding everything up, it was our best week ever as far as viewership goes on the YouTube channel and as far as listens go on Apple and Spotify, where you can listen to every single episode of this very podcast and keep it going. Every time you comment on the main video on the YouTube channel, we will respond, read them on the next day's episode, which is where we start today. Carl, let's read some comments from Friday's episode. It was Riley Friday. Riley Davis from Heat Check was in the house. We talked some Wimbledon. We talked some Cormac versus Cormac. Uh, and we got a lot of comments again, 15 comments to roll through. First up from Gadsby, Cart following up Greg's heartfelt shout out to his wife saying old people shouldn't be allowed to drive was incredible. That was the top tier Carter moment. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd also like to apologize just because I, I believe I said age 60 was old. And 60 is not old, okay? In that scenario that I brought up, I'm thinking retake the test maybe around 75, okay? So I apologize, everybody out there. Uh, honestly, especially your mother, Connie. I love her very, very much. And she did respond and said she was not a fan of that comment. As, well as, Tammy, as well as Tammy Reese, which is Mal's aunt, maybe? Mal's mother, Tammy. Jesus, you are digging the hole deeper. Wait, no, wait. No, 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 no. It, was, it wasn't Tammy. You, you just said keep, Tammy keep Reese. Going. No, keep going. I'm going back to the comment. It wasn't Mal's mother. Go ahead. Keep keep cooking. You said Tammy Reese. Maybe I said it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think man. you might Hold be on. talking about the wrong person. Um, if it's if it's Sorry, Reese, he Heather Heather Reese. Oh, Heather. Yeah, that's fam. That's fam. That's okay. Fam. Yeah, I knew I did mess up. Tam. God, never would I. <laughs> you just did mess up. Tam. Hey, you're just digging the hole deeper. It's fine. It was a great moment. And for the record, Esther clearly is an 80 year old plus name. That's not a 60 year old name. So in your defense. Uh, we understood what you were going for. Michael Mann, 2171, says props to you guys on the play-by-play -play for Putt-Putt. Would have been boring as hell if not for you two. Watched the entire thing and enjoyed it. Michael Mann, 
appreciate you. That was fantastic. I'm glad somebody watched that. We had a blast with that. Dimers, let us do the World Putting League Championship. And it was, uh, well, it wasn't the championship. It was the match. It was a dominant match. Came down to the 18th hole. Cart and I did our thing, had a lot of fun. And uh, now we got some highlight tape to hopefully shop to other events of us being funny, doing play-by-play. <laughs> that's actually going to be hilarious when, the, when that's part of the package. Yeah, we got we got some play-by-play. They're like expecting <laughs> something else. We're like, oh, no, it's play-by-play to the World Putting Match. Yeah. And Hester folded. Hey, I'm just saying, I, I, there was quite a bit of, uh, well, I should bite my tongue. There was some play-by-play at some, some very nice opportunities the week before this uh, that I felt was lacking on the entertainment value side a little bit. Well, the World Putting League, you throw us on a camera. I thought it was pretty entertaining, and it seems like the reviews are in as well, and they're positive. Thank you, Michael Mann. That boy from Illinois said the real over-under is how many episodes the sleepers record before skipping a day. The line is set at 12 and a half. I'm taking the under. I might parlay it with it's Greg's fault we didn't record. I think he nailed both of those. I mean, that's pretty That's pretty spot on. I'm not going to lie, especially yeah. the reason. I think if it is 12 and a half and we're not counting Saturday, Sunday, so just Monday through Friday is 12 and a half days, that would put us, can we get to next Wednesday without missing a day? I think I would take the under. <laughs> and I think you're right. It will be my fault, not Carter's fault. I just have more obligations. Like I told you to be ready at nine today and we didn't click record until 922. So that's not your fault. You were ready. Credit to cart. That was my fault. It is what it is. Craig CMSU said took Alcaraz plus 350 pre-tournament because of Greg's past comments on him. Doubled down after the segment at plus 150. Vamos, G-Wizzy. Gracias. Vamos, Craig. And vamos, Carlitos. It was an incredible religious experience watching the myth that is Carlos Alcaraz become a mainstream name. He's the greatest player alive. He's going to be the greatest alive for the next 15 years. And, Carl, you and I knew this two years ago. Like I I found the first text I ever sent you in 2019 about Carlos Alcaraz saying, Cart, I just discovered this non top hundred tennis player who is LeBron James. (laughs) Like I, that's literally the text though. That's literally what it is. And you, it was, it was a long thought out one with stats. And I texted you after the, after the match yesterday. And I was like, thank you for like making me watch tennis. Like, putting putting the racket in in my hand and one might say like it's so much fun to watch for those who haven't like tried to watch tennis or enjoy it it's like actually so fun to watch i love it yeah it's it's a beautiful sport i think it's my second favorite sport to watch and bet on behind basketball uh you did want to talk some Djokovic. are we going to do that later in the show at some point or do we need Mm -hmm. okay we'll do it later. later we'll work it in um I feel like I had one other tennis thing to say. Oh, just a betting thing quickly. I won a bunch of money on Alcaraz, which was great. I then did the thing I do where I like get a little reckless betting after I get up on bets and uh, bet bet, bet responsibly, of course. So I had I had a bunch of like home run round robins because Dimers has been putting these round robins together that are like the most fun way to bet every single day. They pick five guys to home run. You round robin them. If two hit, you make a profit. If three or four or five hit, you win stupid amounts of money. The first two hit within like seconds, like their first at bats of the game hit. So I'm already like profitable there. I'm waiting all day. Shohei Otani is the last game. He gets intentionally walked his what you think is his last at bat in like the seventh inning. No homer. I go to bed. Nothing. Think whatever. I still had a profitable day. Wake up this morning to find out this man Shohei Otani hit a dinger in the the final at bat in the ninth. I won like eight hundred dollars on this card. Beautiful, beautiful day. 
Moving on. Steve Frisbee said first time seeing hearing Riley quote Al Gore, the blind side. Good stuff. He's quick. I like this guy. We love Riley Davis. We need more Riley Davis exposure. And uh, hopefully Riley Fridays somehow leads to that. We love Riley. Oh, yeah, it's big time. And his dad's name is Talbot, by the way, which is elite. Yeah, actually, uh, I don't know if we're pronouncing it right or wrong. Sorry, Talbot. But uh, he has a comment here. I'm going to skip to it. He said, quote, he played in college and tried to play pro. Incomplete resume, Riley, but thanks for the love. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to hold Riley to the fire for that one. Uh, And shout out Talbot. Hopefully he keeps listening to these shows on Riley Friday and beyond. Jacob Petticord 9439 said Michigan State's starting five to start the year. Hogard, Walker, Aikens, Hall, or Carr, Sissoko, or Booker. Thoughts, Carr, you take that one. I think to start the year 100%, it's going to be the first people he said. So it's going to be Walker, Hogard, Aikens, uh, Hall, and Sissoko. I think you can basically basically bet that pretty confidently that's going to be the starting lineup. Do not think that's going to be the starting lineup by the end of the year. I think that Booker does find his way into being the starting five. I believe that. But uh, there has been some other things that have surfaced over the past couple of weeks that maybe have dimmed that light a little bit. But I truly think that if Michigan State is going to be at their best, that Sissoko is not going to be the starting center by the end of the year. Is that just the video of Jackson Kohler torching <laughs> Booker or are there other things I don't know about? Uh, no, that that's that's, that's it. it. That's it. Yeah, okay. let's slow the roll because Booker gave up 53 to Jackson Kohler. Um, I uh, just I'll give my quick two cents. I think one name. I think you're right. At the beginning of the year, it's those five. By the end of the year, I think one guy will not start from that group. I don't think it's Sissoko. I think it's Malik Hall. And I don't know who's going to take the spot, but I think Malik Hall is best served as a sixth man. We've seen that throughout his do career. You, do you, uh, qu- uh, follow up question to that. Do you think it's due to like play or do you think it's due to like Malik Hall's foot doesn't hold up? kind of both. I just think Malik Hall's a bench guy. I just think he is. I think he's had his opportunities to be the starter all the way back to the end of his freshman year, beginning of his sophomore year, and he never really took it. He's shown flashes game to game. He's a super inconsistent guy, even when healthy. uh, And I don't really buy the shot. I I think he's just on a downward trajectory. So yeah, I do think he'll start game one. I think by the end of the year, just Booker and Carr are better basketball players than him. And you can say what you want about the center spot. I almost think it would be harder for Booker to defend the five than it would be for him to defend the four easy switch there where Hall, we know Hall can play off the bench. He's comfortable doing mm. that. Madi, I don't know what that looks like. That's my prediction. Uh, I think this is Garrett Fedor G fed 33 said five likes on YouTube for putting the audio version together. Needed it bad while I'm in the comments, Ohio state is a double buy team come big 10 tournament consensus is putting too much stock into a fluke season. Am I crazy? You're not crazy. This is one of my takes. I absolutely love that take. I think Ohio State is a top three to four team in the Big Ten next season. What do you think, Card? I, I don't know about absolutely, but I do see a world where they do like become a top three or four team. The fact that Jamison Battle isn't mentioned as an addition to this Ohio State team is crazy to me. Like he he transferred there and like you haven't heard anything about him since. Yeah. Like Jameson battles a first team all big. Like there's a world where he's first team all Big Ten this year. People are completely writing off Ohio State largely because of apathy to Chris Holtman. Like we saw that in person. The media wanted to kill him. The stadium was mm-hmm. dead. Everybody was just over Holtman. Holtman has some issues. He's a great regular season coach for the most part. <laughs> like he had one bad year, but every other year they've been like top two in the Big Ten under Chris Holtman. 
Uh, I think last year was fluky. I think trying to build a team around Bryce Sensabaugh, good luck with that. He's gone. All right. um, I'm just calling it what it is. Bruce Thornton, I'm buying all the stock there. If you look at his last month and a half, the man was the best guard in the Big Ten. Uh, so I, I predict all conference, everything for him. And I love that freshman class. I love suing. They got yeah. a bunch. I'm of buying, dudes. buying Gale, all that. Ak- Akpara, Akpara, I think is going like, to get, like he literally got better every single game last year. Like you they, put, you put those three sophomores with the incoming freshman class with justice suing, like on paper is, is suing back or not suing. I'm sorry. Uh, battle. Uh, Jameson battle. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I confused the two because they're both lefty, big jumbo wings. But yeah, like, like, I like battle more Chat, than suing. Chapman, Middleton, Royal, like that. Yeah. Got dudes. Got dudes. We're buying the Buckeyes, which is good because Carter's always been a Buckeye. So on brand. Fish Sparty says, what strings do the sleepers have to pull to get Carter into Moneyball? I think we'd probably have to pull some strings for you to play Moneyball these days. Honestly, I don't think so. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, but I'm kind of going to. And. Shout out to my boy, Fomby. I'm going to use him as an example. Mike Fomby played for like a semester at Albion, and he's on a Moneyball team. So, like, I played for four years at Albion. I think I can play on a Moneyball team. Do I want to play on a Moneyball team? Absolutely not. No, I don't. But I think it would be, kind of, be kind of fun to watch you play on Moneyball. It really would be. I think like, I'd, I'd like to see. I'd, I'd like to see. Pe- I have a couple of people in the crowd probably hyping me up. If I, I, I would, would like to see there with a you, sign. You against Jackson Kohler. I would pay so much money to see that. <laughs> I mean, that would be that'd be a very slow slow game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I. I mean, we could try to pull some strings. I'm much more interested in pulling strings to one sponsor a team in Moneyball. Like, there's Team Fago, Team All, whatever, Team. But pup and suds right now. Team sleepers needs to happen. Sleepers branding, sleepers unis would be electric. It probably costs like two hundred dollars to pay for one of those teams. We're, we're do coaching to we're coaching. I mean, it would. I think honestly, we need to make the pitch this off season. Like, let us coach a team. We'll make content around it. It doesn't have to even be coaching. Just let us. It's team sleepers. Let us be there. It'll it'll be electric. And the second backup to that is, I would love to commentate. Do what we did for putt putt. But uh, somehow there's an online stream of Moneyball, and it's just you and I making jokes at people's expense and hyping up the Michigan State players. It'd be fantastic. I don't, we, I don't know if we can give you the power to do that. <laughs> that is, it's a scary spot. Uh, Tur- Turney J35 said, Rolling Meadows cannot be claimed by Sparty. He's on an island with Deontay Davis talking about how great it was to leave early when they both needed an extra year to develop. I pushed back on they needed an extra year to develop. He just did his extra year developing, but he did it next to LeBron James and Russell Westbrook in the same locker room, and now he looks great. That could have happened at Michigan State, could happen in L.A. He wanted it to happen in L.A. Nothing wrong with that. Cart? I'm I'm, I'm really sick of talking about Cormac, to be <laughs> okay. honest with you. I really am. Okay. No more Cormac, then. I, That's fine. I just wanted to be known. We can move on. I know more than you says if you could change college basketball, but three rule – what three rule changes would you change or add? Uh, also, one big thing should be called mentally distracted. I don't know about that. I don't love that. Three rule changes, I Cart? Oh, I feel like I should have thought about that. One one easily is the advancing of the ball, like on a timeout. I want that rule. I think it would be – I like that it can create more, you know, last-second shot game winners like the NBA. Uh, shoot, I can't even think about the other two. Do you have your three so I can get a second? I only have one that matters to me. I want six fouls instead of five. I want that too. And I wanted I wanted Bobarovsky gone too, but he's already gone. So that doesn't need to be a rule. Yeah, I, I want six fouls. Nobody wants to watch their favorite player foul out. Which is what That's it is. true. I love that. Make it six. 
Uh, moving on, David Crute 1498 says, ha, 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 six assists per game for Ty Rogers. Jesus Christ, get a grip, Illinois fan. <laughs> that's that's pretty serious. And it's literally, it's just being realistic. Like six assists a game is so much. I'm just glad somebody else said it and it wasn't me for once. <laughs> I've, I've gotten way too much heat from Illinois in the last seven days. Uh, it was pretty outrageous, though. Mallory Waddell commented an orange heart. Thanks, Mal. Love you. Ulamog said uh, a blue heart back and then said Mallory confirmed Illini fan. House divided. I think I'm a bigger Illinois fan than Mal is, to be honest. Oh, 100%. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And last comment, the ops 2234. Love that name. Said bro hating on Cam Whitmore bad. Crying emoji. I am hating on Cam Whitmore bad. He looks pretty good in their final game. I will say Cam that. Whitmore's on his way to summer league MVP. I just let <laughs> that be known. Because they're playing it more. Every other team rests the guys that are actually good. Notice that Houston uh-huh. hasn't rested anybody. Well, actually, sorry. They've rested all the other good players. They haven't rested Cam Whitmore because they don't view Cam Whitmore as an important part of their core card. That's what's happening. All right. Shout out to the comments. Uh, appreciate it. Always a fun way to start the show. Hop back we, in. Hold on. We, we, just got one, we just got one last comment, though. What? Just fresh. Actually, it's not a comment. It's a text from my men's league point guard. Uh, let's run some pick and roll tonight. We don't match up well against this team. I'm trying to get some reps up. I'm looking to hit you on the roll or pull up if they go under. How, how do you feel about that? You're feeling good? I don't I don't Why am I rolling? Yeah, it feels like you got a lot of work to do in his eyes. Like you're you're setting screens, rolling. Maybe you'll get the rock tonight. Maybe you won't. Depends. I don't like that. Uh, well, at least he's at least he's letting me know. So I don't like it. I don't get hot when I'm not getting. <laughs> what are what are you responding to that with? Can we at the end of this episode for one big thing or in the one big thing section? Can we hear what your text back to him is? I was just going to give it the thumbs up. Emphasize. OK. All right. Uh, how So is team chemistry good on your men's league team? Yeah, it's pretty good. You're not sending any proactive texts to your teammates on game days? Uh, uh, no. Well, there's a group chat, and I, I've re- I think I've texted in it like two times. Uh, there's a, usually a lot of discourse, but I usually just say whether I'm coming to the game or not. So it sounds like you're a cancer here. This <laughs> is what I'm hearing. I mean, I'm just – I'm really not interested in, like, breaking down why we lost games. Like, I, I got work in the morning. Like, are I got to record. Are you DeAndre 8? Some might say team wants to hit the weight room. Team wants to do a little team bonding. Watch. See, no, I'm not. See, I'm no, I'm not doing the fake rah rah like lifting after games. <laughs> You're DeAndre Ayton in this fence league. It's wild. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Our uh, our three topics today. We're going to talk about some things that a basketball player said. We're going to talk about Jose Perez and uh, rumors that he wants money. And then we're going to talk about our uh, Pistons. Marcus Sasser, forty points. He eclipsed the 40-point mark in his final summer league game card. Let's start with the player who keeps saying things. I'm going to have you intro this one, if you don't mind, uh, just to explain what happened here. There's a player that won't keep his mouth shut. He keeps saying things, and we need to talk about it. Yeah, well, in typical college basketball fashion, Hunter Dickinson was present on a podcast. Um, I did not see the full episode. I saw the clips, basically, of the comments that he said, did not have a chance to get the full context of the episode, but you really get what he was trying to say in the clip. It's not one of those taken out of context things. And once again, Hunter is bringing up his ex-girlfriend, his ex-team in the Michigan Wolverines, shitting on them, shitting on the people of Michigan, 
saying that Michigan is a quote unquote fake Midwest and people in Kansas are just nicer. Um, This comes after maybe a couple of weeks ago, he was saying that Kansas is just what better or the, the basketball programs run better. Is that what what the off season is much more difficult. Much more difficult than it is at much more. Okay. Uh, So (laughs) once again, Hunter in the headlines for talking about his ex team for seemingly no reason. Uh, I seem to get a lot of backlash online. Uh, Gregory, I know you had some thoughts, so I'd like to go ahead and give the floor to you to comment before I get my little comment on, because I really don't have much to say on it. Deep breath. Uh, I want to, I want to preface all of this by saying I genuinely mean this. I like Hunter Dickinson, the person, We've gotten to communicate with him back and forth a little bit. He has been kind to us in private, met him at Big Ten Media Day, exchanged some messages here and there. We almost got him on a College Hoops to Go episode. From what I know, from my interactions just with him, the person, I like Hunter Dickinson, the person. I despise Hunter Dickinson, the character, and he is way more focused at all times on playing the character that is Hunter Dickinson than being a real person. This is a guy who cares about his legacy card. We know that from our conversations with him. He agreed to terms to come on a College Hoops to Go episode with us in Ann Arbor. He agreed to it under only one condition. If you would tell the world that he had a better career at Michigan than Cassius Winston did at Michigan State. I have the screenshots. You can see that that if you want to see it. This is a guy who both has a troll in his character And I think in reality, Cart, he cares about what the public thinks of him. He cares about his legacy. Well, I want to talk about Hunter Dickinson's legacy for a moment, if you don't mind. Okay? Please. If we just defined Hunter Dickinson and his legacy by what he does instead of by what he says, he would just be Jordan Bohannon. He would be a forgettable college basketball player who has limited professional opportunities in basketball and whose brightest professional future in his life is tied to Marty Mush. But instead, we define Hunter Dickinson, the character and the person, by things that he says. Like when he said, quote, nobody likes Illinois. And then he went 0-4 in his Michigan career against Illinois. Or when he said he was, quote, going to steal a win in a ski mask at Wisconsin this year. And then he finished with 12 points on nine shots in 35 minutes in a five-point loss to Wisconsin. Or notably, Cart, when for the first time in 18 months in a Michigan uniform, he was silent. His voice was nowhere to be heard. In the press conference after their second round NIT loss to Vanderbilt, where they blew a nine-point lead with 53 seconds left, and he was then silent for the two weeks following while he entered the portal and never, ever said a word to anyone at Michigan or outside of Michigan about it. If we defined him by what he has done, instead of those things he has said, Cart, we would note that in 2022, he was named a preseason Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award List Watch member, a Sporting News preseason first-team All-American, an NABC Player of the Year Award Watch member, and at the end of the year, he finished just as an All-District 7-member second team. That's all he got. Or how in 2023... When he was again named to the preseason Kareem Abdul-Jabbar watch list, a preseason consensus first-team All-American, only to finish the season recognized on just one of two All-Big Ten first teams, 
notably cart by the media and not by the coaches because every other coach in this conference has zero respect for him as a player and a person. Or we would note cart how in the 2022 preseason, his Michigan team was sixth in the country in the AP poll preseason. They finished 19 and 15 or in 2023 cart when they were 22nd in the preseason AP poll, they finished 18 and 16 with a loss to central Michigan and a second round NIT exit. So as Hunter Dickinson continues to shove his face down our throats week after week, kicking it with Juwan at Peach Jam and then telling local media that Kansas offseason is way tougher than Michigan's or going on podcasts saying that Michigan is fake Midwest. The people are nice. Just remember, please just remember, we do not have to define this man by what he says. We can define him by what he does, which as a basketball player goes, is a whole bunch of meaningless nothings. I mean, that's <laughs> that was a special bar. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm going to keep it way shorter than you. I just, it makes no sense to me. Um, I'm a person who says stuff like with a goal in mind. Like, I don't like, I don't like wasting my breath or like wasting time or just doing things to antagonize people. That doesn't, doesn't really suit me. I don't know, maybe because I'm not a villain or something like that. But you're in a better situation. You're with a better look. Let's let, let's say he is. He's in a better situation, better team, leaving behind the dumpster fire that it's gonna, probably going to be Michigan basketball this year. There's a lot of issues going on with Michigan basketball currently. That is behind him. He's with Kansas. He's got Bill Self. He's got the he's got the big NIL deals. He's got everything. There's zero reason for him to bring up Michigan and shit on Michigan. Literally zero. Especially because, at least in my eyes, and, and you could tell me I'm wrong on this one. I don't know if there's a lot of Michigan fans that necessarily even blame Hunter for leaving. Like no. it's not like they were. It's not like they were like preying on Hunter's downfall or like being like, "Oh, I hope he goes to Kansas and just like shits the bed and never plays well." No, they didn't. They they were like, "Go!" Like I understand why you wanted to go. Just like thanks for, you know do the stats and the antics and everything else that you did while you were here. But like, I understand why you left. So the reason for him, like basically just worrying about like you, like you phrased it, worrying about his ex who doesn't care about him or who was low key wishing him the best. And he just continues to talk down on it. So I, it, it's, it's honestly very odd. Like maybe like he saw it was like a slow news day or like he hadn't spoken up in a while. And he's like, you know what? Let me, let me rile some things up real quick. It, it's very odd. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he's a clickbait god. He knows that. I think a lot of what he does is calculated. And I, I just think this one's misguided. Like, if I was a senior in college, Cart, and I started dating Jessica Alba, I wouldn't constantly talk about the girl I dated the first three years of my college career. Like, I, ju I just wouldn't do that. Like, you're in a better place. Go do it. Move on. Who cares? Nobody despises you for it. Um, yeah, th for a fan base that quote unquote is, is not very nice or is, is not as nice as Kansas, Michigan could be a whole lot meaner to Hunter Dickinson if they wanted to. Like, I, I just don't really see it. And last point for me on this, then I really genuinely hope we never have to talk about this again. Uh, I, I saw in my mentions, I got a good amount of Illinois responses because I tweeted, uh, I quote tweeted the verbal commits article they put out that had the clip of hunter and the quote from hunter and i said fake star won't stop talking about his ex 
That was my little dig, fake star, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Illinois fans had like five of them respond and be like, this is so hypocritical. Oh, Illinois is the fan base that trashes their former players. First off, that's a fair response. Okay. After all that I have said, it's dumb for Illinois to shit on their former players. That's fair. I open that. I accept that. Here's where I think there's a massive difference between what I'm doing with Hunter Dickinson and what Illinois fans are doing with Illinois players. I am not ever going to pretend like it's a good thing for Michigan's basketball team that Hunter Dickinson is gone. Michigan will be a worse basketball team without Hunter Dickinson by a lot. If I could magically put him back in Ann Arbor, I would. I would deal with all the bullshit. Even even, even right now? I, right I mean, minute. look, I, do I think Michigan's basketball team would be better with this Hunter Dickinson back? Yes. Uh, unequivocally, yes. And I always want the best basketball team for my program. So uh, Illinois instead. I, res- I respect that. That's that's just the difference, right? Like I I can dislike so much about him as a character. And like I said, I like him as a person. I don't like him as a teammate, as a leader, as a character, any of that. Um, in a way, it's refreshing that he's gone. It's not good for the basketball team that he's gone. Illinois fans want to pretend that losing Matthew Meyer and Jay Neps means their team's great with worse players than that. It's just not how it works. Um, and two, I will just note, Hunter Dickinson's essentially the only Michigan player I've trashed. I mean, like, I, I'm not doing this. Like, like, you can compare. We had Caleb Houston and Cormac. I never shit on Caleb Houston. I never shit on other dudes who have under. Like, the only guy that I'm antagonizing is Hunter Dickinson. Whereas you should, Illinois, you on the at all? No, not at all. I mean, I, I really, I don't think I've ever had a Michigan player I've sort of publicly done anything with. Whereas, again, Illinois had Adam Miller, Andre Corbello, Matthew Meyer, Jaden Epps, Sky Clark in the span of 24 months. So I think it's a little different than what's happening here. But, uh. Fair play, Illinois fans. That's fine. Hopefully, that's the last time we ever mention this guy's name on the show. I have a really strong feeling it won't be Cart because we do daily episodes and Hunter Dickinson does stupid things daily. It's a match made in heaven. Hey, it's Greg here, interrupting whatever nonsense Cart and I are talking about to ask you if you knew that we do this five days a week now, Monday through Friday. You can find the full video episodes of every episode of the Sleepers podcast on our YouTube channel. You can also listen to them wherever podcasts can be listened to. Please like and subscribe, though, because we're kind of trying to make this a more real thing. And we don't really make any money off of this right now, which uh, is not ideal. So, yeah, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoy this. And let's get you back to the show. We'll see what happens next. Let's move on to Jose Perez. Uh, We did a segment on him last week where we hypothesized about a fit at Michigan. Do we like his game? Do we not? Uh, Jaden Daly called us out, said we were horribly misguided. I believe, per source, I believe Jose Perez may have seen our segment and uh, very loudly wants to prove us wrong, is what I've heard. While Carr also, in the last week, some things have changed. It sounds like he is not a guarantee lock to Michigan. He's still going to visit Michigan at the earliest opportunity, but now it sounds like Gonzaga is heavily involved, and I am hearing rumors, my friend, of a specific number that Jose Perez is hoping to have met on the NIL front that is a ridiculous number. It's just a, I'll I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to say the number. It's a ridiculous number that is in line with some of the most talented players that have hit the portal this off season. Uh, Where do you stand with all of this? We know how we feel about Jose Perez's game. Like, do do you think Michigan should overpay for this guy? Where do you think he's going to end up? Yeah. So at first I had in my head that, you know, beggars can't be choosers basically like, 
the fact that maybe they'd have to overpay for a player is because of, you know, you made your bed, you have to lay in it. So you might have to overpay for a player. With that said, we we've harped on it. We talked about what Jose Perez can add to a team and, you know, what his abilities are. We think the number that he's asking for that I saw to the same say numbers you is to me so out of this world ridiculous that I rather just ride with the players that I have, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know if paying that amount to get, I don't know. I think Jose Perez is worth like two or three more wins, to be honest with you. I, I really don't think he's making a difference like that. Uh, that number is just, in, it's insane to me. It truly is. It really is. And honestly, it's probably even a better fit for him at a, at a school like Gonzaga because he's not going to be, you know, the the third or fourth option probably, which he would be at Michigan. So I think it's a better case that he does go to Gonzaga. Um, but if I'm Michigan, like I'd rather just, I don't know, maybe throw all my eggs in like the yo-yo basket or something. I don't know. That number is just too ridiculous for me personally. Yeah. So a couple things here. It, we've heard other schools have uh, this situation occur, right? Kirk Reese had a demand for a number and Illinois was just like, you're not worth that. Stop. Um, I but, wait, but, but before you go to that, that's different to me because okay. if I'm paying, because if I'm paying a huge number for, I'm paying a huge number, let's say for Kirk Creesa, that is literally plugging a hole, which I think may be the only hole for my team. If I'm paying a bunch of money for Jose Perez, I'm basically plugging one of many holes. I'm not really fully plugging the hole, if that makes sense. So I, I think I agree with you on that front. And also, just for the I think Kirk Creesa is 10 times the player Jose Perez is. You can debate that, but I like I <laughs> Kirk Creesa for all his faults has been a starter on great college basketball teams. Jose Perez has never come close. Um I I do think you're underestimating a little bit like what he could be at Michigan. And um, if this makes its way back to Jose Perez, like this isn't me just trying to hedge my bets here. I think I hinted at this last week. Like he would be an upgrade. I don't think he's a life-changing upgrade. He would start at the three. He's better than Yusuf Kayat. If I were the coach, I would still want to see Yusuf Kayat because I want to see what you got. Is he he starting at the three? I think he would, Cart. Like it's. It would I'm either... here. I'm here. I'm hearing like Trey Jackson might start at three. I'm oh, also yeah. hearing like Namari Burnett might start. Like you had, like you have Doug Llewellyn. Burnett. Well, you have to. You have to start. Tomwa, Terrace Reed, and Doug are starting. You have to start. You would think Namari Burnett is four, right? You would think, but you don't know if that's at the two or the three. If Namari's starting with those other three guys, then you're either starting Jalen Llewellyn, Trey Jackson, or Jose Perez if he enters. Right. I, of those three, I think Jose Perez is the best fit. Like I, I think Trey Jackson, I th- the, the Trey Jackson hype is stupid. Can I say that plainly? Is is that too aggressive <laughs> of me to just say this? The Trey Jackson hype this offseason is one of the stupidest things I've seen on the internet. And you guys can clip that if you want. There, there are multiple people out there that are gassing this up like he's an NBA guy. He's twenty three before he steps on a Michigan court, like. He's not an NBA guy. He's never even played 20 minutes in college. He's not good. He's a bench guy. (laughs) If he looks better than Michigan's other guys, this team's not in a good spot. So that's why you need to bring in Jose Perez, who I think is better than Trey Jackson. But like you said, there's not a huge difference there. The point for me is like, this is three months of Jose Perez or six months, whatever you want to call it, right? Is six months of Jose Perez more infinitely valuable to a team that's on the bubble than seeing what you've got with Yusuf Kaya in the future? I don't think so. P- 
people push back on me for that and say like Jawan's coaching for his job. He can't think about the future. That's kind of a fair point, but I don't know. I just think like if you could get Jose Perez at a reasonable price point, sure, of course, do it. Fine. Great. See what happens. It, if, from the number, it's really hard to have this conversation without saying the number. From the number we heard, Cart, this would make him the highest paid player on Michigan next season. That can't happen. That's a huge problem. Like the other guys you brought in. That can't ha- that can't happen for one because one, that's obviously terrible. If I figured out I was another guy on that team and I'm like, he's making more than me. I'm yeah. like, nah, <laughs> go, go rewrite my contract. The other guys would just be like, are you serious? So, and so would like Doug and Terrace. I'd just be like, are you kidding me? Like, uh, let me leave this program immediately. So you need to hedge here. You need to be smart about it. Um, and man, I just, it drives home the point for me, like enter the portal late, man. If you're going to enter the portal, enter it at the latest possible moment. Because if Jose Perez entered this shit two and a half months ago, he not coming close to what he's demanding now. And now he might get that offer from Gonzaga. Like shit is crazy to me. We'll see what ends up happening. Let's move on. Uh, Marcus Sasser cart had a massive night for our Detroit Pistons last night. Uh, Osar Thompson was out. They said, we've seen enough. We'll shut you down. They had Marcus Sasser play, which was notable to me cart because uh, I thought if pretty much any of the guys that they feel like, oh, these guys are are on the roster and they're going to be in the rotation, you would just shut them down. I don't think they necessarily were ready to say that about Marcus Sasser yet based on what they had seen from Summer League. Well, last night, Marcus Sasser goes superstar mode, showed some of what you have loved about his game at the college level. And I believe uh, I'm pulling up the exact number here. He finished with 40 points, five assists, zero turnovers, five for nine from three, 16 for 25 from the floor. What do you make of this? 30, 31 of those points came in the second half too. Mm-hmm. And in a, in a game that was close too, by the way, like he was, he was bringing this team back, keeping them close. Uh, it's actually great to see because I can't remember what episode it was last week when we were talking about what players we were most disappointed with in summer league. And of course my answer was Marcus Sasser because of what he, because it, I mean, in in all fairness, he was really, really struggling up into this game um just didn't seem like he was in a rhythm was making plays that you just normally don't see him make as far as you know mentally what the plays he was making during the game so it was really good to see I truly think that Marcus Sasser is a a point guard that should be in the rotation like over a guy like Killian Hayes like obviously with the roster the way it is now you know we have Ivy or Cade whoever we're gonna have it point guard um, we have Monty Morris, who we signed in the offseason, or Monte Morris, who we signed in the offseason. So he's obviously going to be in the rotation as well. But I think Marcus Sasser is that third point guard or on the team or that guy who should get spot minutes over a guy like Killian Hayes. I think that he can, one, you don't have to pay him as much as Killian Hayes. I think he is really good defensively. You see what he could do offensively as well. I mean, he controlled that game from start to finish, scoring, creating for others, taking care of the ball really made no mistakes in that game. So it was really good to see, as you know, Marcus Sasser is one of my favorite players, you know, in college basketball last year. And when he got drafted to the Pistons, I was extremely excited. Um, So hopefully that game pushes one more Killian foot out the door. Uh, We are fielding all offers to any NBA members that maybe listen to this. We are willing to part ways with him. Just let us know, hit our line. I'm very thankful you're not our GM because you just made Killian's uh, value 
just so tanked. I mean, like you got to drive up the value if you're trying to trade Killian. So you get a return. You don't tell everyone you hate Killian and then immediately get rid of Killian. Um, I, uh, yeah, look, it's good to see Sasser excel. I have been skeptical of him from what I've seen in summer league. As you know, I loved him in college. Uh, I was really excited about the pick when they made the pick. <laughs> I'm so bad. Uh, is, uh, is the next thing you're going to say is who he had this against? Yep. Yep. Because okay. Here, okay. Here's okay. Here we go. Here's the thing. Who 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 was the point guard for the Pacers that he did this again? Oh, you'll you'll know this. I'm surprised you don't already know this. I uh, here's my problem. I I I get that I pick and choose when to use this. I pick and choose when to use the summer league argument. Okay. But if Marcus Sasser could play 30 minutes with Eli Brooks guarding him for the rest of his life, he would score 40 points every single game. It just simply is what it is, okay? Uh, now, we know he can do this. We know on a college team, he can go get you 30 any given night. I think he is most comfortable when he is the best player on the floor, Cart. I think that's a big element of this. I think when Marcus Sasser knows he's the alpha, he can shoot as much as he wants, and it's his job to go out and get 30 points, that is when Marcus Sasser's at his best. The problem is I don't think there's ever, ever going to be a moment on an NBA bench in his career that he's going to be the best player on the floor. So he's going to have to figure out how to assimilate a little better. And look, he had moments of that, I think with a SAR in the lineup this summer, like he he's been really good defensively in my opinion. Like he had the critical steal in one of those games that ended up winning them the game. But um, as far as projecting, like one, I think it's just a lot harder to do what he does. It's harder to get 40 points on 25 shots when you're going against an actual NBA defender and not Eli Brooks. And two, I just think it's it's messing with him mentally a little bit from what I saw this summer when he's trying to balance playing with Jaden Ivey or playing with Asar Thompson versus playing with Jared Roden and Jack Nunji and it's go get 40. We know he can do that. Uh, I don't know what that looks like off the bench in the NBA ever, though. We'll see. Like, can he be Jamal Crawford? Can that happen? No, like, no. It, it, in my head, and, and I just came up with this, off the bench, like, I think he could end up being like a Devontae Graham type player. Oh, okay. I don't hate that. I kind of like, I like that comp for him, like as his role. I don't hate that, but I'm already thinking ahead to the YouTube thumbnail and the next Devonte Graham just doesn't do numbers for me. <laughs> that, that's just not going to pop up. We want it to. <laughs> We're going to need something a little spicier from you here. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, like, I, I, I want him on the team. I want him on the roster. I don't know that if this team is actually competitive, like I, I hope they could be. I don't know that I want him playing real minutes. That would be my line. Like early in the season. Sure. Let's see what we got. But like if all goes well and they make the jump, I hope they can make and maybe like in the final month of the season, they're trying to make the play in. I think the goal would be for Marcus Sasser to not be in the rotation or Marcus Sass- or counterpoint to that Marcus Sasser's in the rotation. We get to like the middle of the year, right before the trade deadline, get some really good value for like a guy like Monty Morris, Monte Morris. For to a playoff team that wants to add a point guard, maybe flip him for somebody and like just insert Sasser into that backup PG role. I see a world where that happens. Yeah, it gives you some luxury. You got a lot of guards now. I, I like in general the guard depth on this Pistons roster is healthier than it's ever been. And I'm also including Asar in that group, even if he's he might be the starting power forward on this team. In a month, but all, all that just to watch Alex Burke start. Yeah, we got to change that. Shout out to Marcus Sasser though. 40's 40. 
I think we said 50s 50 with Jackson Carter. 40s 40. I don't care that Eli Brooks is guarding you. 40s 40. That second half was special. So credit to you. Let's move on, Car. One big thing to wrap up the show. Presented, as always, by Big B. Big B, uh, where you can get the best coffee this side of the Mississippi my friend, iced, warm, whatever you need. It's a nice 64 degrees out right now. More on that in just a moment. But I went with the ice today, Car. I went with the ice, and it's hitting the spot just perfectly for me. Where's the ice? Uh, It's melted. (laughs) It was ice. Do you not do extra ice in your coffee? No, no, I don't. Nope. Uh, When I do iced coffee, or usually when I go to Big B, I'm like, fill it all the way. I need the ice right above the B. Then you get skimped out on the coffee, though. Yeah, but you got to have the ice is honest. The ice is key to the iced coffee. For those who don't know, I need lots of ice. Okay, I'm still learning the coffee ways. For the record, I door dashed this in the middle of my run this morning, and then it sat in the sun for a little. That's why the ice melted. But how come um, you didn't just run the big B? Because there isn't a big B in running distance of me. There's a Duncan in running distance of me. But how far is how far is big B? This is one big thing, not the slam I know. How, far, how far how far how far is big B? Uh, it's at least three miles. You should be able to run to Big B. Run there and back in the time to make it back for this episode? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. The phrase, is, the, the, the phrase is world runs on Big B, not the world's door dashes on Big B. But that's we'll talk about That's also that. not the phrase. That's Duncan's slogan. Get our sponsor slogan right. Let's move on. One yeah. big thing presented by Big B. Carter, what is your big thing? Uh, my one big thing is can it be a TikTok quote that I saw? Can be anything you want, my friend. I was hoping for a sports one today, but <laughs> nah, maybe later this week. But this is this is the one thing that stuck with me. Okay, so I'll let this I'll let this be known. When you're trying to find your partner in life, right? A lot of people are trying to find their partners and they're trying to find happiness. And that's not how you should go about it. You yourself should find inner happiness. And then once you are happy with your life and happy with yourself. You go and you try to, you know, find somebody who adds to that happiness or just go out and find someone, go and find your person, but don't go out and seek happiness. You yourself need to be happy before you go out and seek happiness. Wow. I kind of want a full like 30 minute just Carter self-help episode where all the topics are you. I don't know why this TikTok stuck with me like this, but it was like it had me moved. Can I get a full episode at some point in the next two weeks, maybe, of just Carter's self-help day? And it's just three, like, personal betterment topics? Yeah, it might not be as good as you think. Like, sometimes when I see people who are sad, I'm like, just go shoot some jumpers at the local park. What brings you personal happiness, Cart? I think just making others, doing things for others, making others laugh. That brings me happiness. Wow, this is hard. Whether work. it be at my whether it be at my expense or not, I just I like spreading joy. Big six seven walking joke. I mean, that took a dark turn at the end there, but uh, <laughs> I what a heartwarming moment from you, Car. I appreciate you, my friend. I love you, buddy. You're a very funny individual, very heartwarming individual, and you've bettered my life in thousands of ways, my friend. So thank you. Thanks. Uh, my one big thing presented by Big B today. It would be on brand for me to flip from your heartwarming moment to like just say something disastrous here, but I don't think this is as disastrous as old people shouldn't drive. I have found out the perfect temperature, Cart. The perfect temperature is 64 degrees. 
Mm. I'm I'm with you that it should be in the 60s, but I think 68 is the optimal temperature. 68 is a little too hot. A little too hot. You can't wear a hoodie like I'm in right now and shorts and be comfortable in anything above 64 degrees. 65 and up, it's like, why are you in a hoodie? 64, perfectly crisp, perfectly cool enough if you want it to be. You can convince yourself it's cold or hot, whatever you need mentally. If you're at a pool, you could go take a dip in the pool if you want without being freezing. You're never going to be too hot no matter oh, what you're wearing outside. Dip in, the, dip in the pool at 64 is insanity. Not insanity whatsoever. Just wait till the sun comes out. It's not a little cloudy. Depends because 64 can feel like 80 if you get the right ray of sun. It can feel like 50 if it's too cloudy. Point is, 64 is the most versatile temperature. It's the most comfortable te temperature. And today in Kalamazoo, Michigan, it's 64 degrees. I stand with you. Weather, it's beautiful. So are you getting, are you getting nine in today? Maybe after that, work. Or, or Actually, it, no, I have getting, a, I have a night. Is greedy? I have a nighttime meeting tonight, so no nine in today. But um, hopefully this week, though. Also, we uh, we have sports week coming up. Supposedly, I'm golfing with Carter at uh, his home course. And then supposedly, we're playing tennis either before or after that. And I'm bringing him a racket. Had some people wondering, what's the line on a tennis match between you and I? I think we're just going to play one set, probably. So I don't know what, like, would the line be games? Would it be points one? What what would you set the line at in tennis? I don't think I'd get a game. I've never seen you play tennis, but you told me you need me to bring you a racket. So I'm assuming. Well, because my racket's broken. Oh. And I'll, and, and to answer your, your next question, yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. I'm not even going to ask it. Um. Okay, then yeah, I think on paper, on paper, I don't expect you to get a game. So maybe we set the line at okay. over under a game. Can you can you bring your pickleball rackets too? Because it's a pickleball and tennis. Maybe we get a set of each little two sports. I think you'd have a better chance against me in pickleball, although I am closer you to You just it. said me you would be a professional pickleball player. I would be. I'll destroy you in both. But tennis, tennis is just faster. It's faster. Like if you don't play tennis, you're not going to be very versatile on the tennis court. Pickleball, like you can just be big and that works. That's literally what I hang my that's how I live my life. Yeah, I think I think you I honestly I think you and I would be a tandem on pickleball doubles court. We might have to enter a tournament. Is Esther playing? Can can we can we get a set against Esther on the day that I come to golf? I'm if we do, I'm ruthless with it. Low shots. All right. Make well sure uh, Achilles work. We may, I think we're going to try to find some way to record the tennis match. I don't know. Maybe we'll just like go on Instagram live or something, but uh, yeah. that'll be fine. I got a try. I got a tripod we can set up. Nice. Perfect. All right. Car, this was a fantastic episode. My favorite topics today. It was beautiful. We'll be back tomorrow on Tuesday with another episode of Sleepers Podcast. Jump in the comments, leave us comments. We'll start tomorrow's show with those as always. Have a great week, everybody. Make somebody else laugh today. For Carter Elliott. And go, and, and, go get a, and go get a nice iced coffee from Big B. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.